0: What's good? What's good? It's Kerry Wood at Seawood on Sports on Twitter and IG. That's where you can find me. And this is Ball About the South. It's that sports podcast where we talk sports, we talk ball, and we do it all with an authentic Southern flavor. I want to welcome you in again. This is episode seven. And if you've been rolling with me through these first few episodes, I really, really appreciate it. This time, man, we talked, you know, actually, we talked a lot of football. We've talked just a little bit of hoops in the first few episodes. Well, this episode right here is kind of a bonus episode because we're going to talk nothing but hoops. It's going to be the NBA preview 2021. And, yeah, we're going to get it down, man. The season is upon us. We've uh, been treated to the uh, preseason here for the last two or three weeks. Kind of enjoyed seeing a little bit a little bit of that here and there with baseball going on of course with football going on and everything else have not looked at as much as i wanted to look at i really wanted to get a look at some of the other teams i took a good bit good long look at my houston rockets i'm a huge houston rockets fan have been for a long time i've been checking out our rookies and everything and i'm kind of excited about that but I really you know I did get a chance to look at some of the teams that we're going to really focus on here today. The Hawks got a quick look at the Hornets and the uh, Pelicans. We're going to talk about all of those teams if we go forward here. But, yeah, man, the NBA season is upon us. And, again, if you, uh, if you like hoops, this is the place to be. This is the place to be on a weekly basis. Where we're going to throw the NBA in there as much as we possibly can. You know, possibly a few bonus episodes in there as well. But, yeah, we're going to get it down with the NBA. That is one. It's actually my favorite professional sport above the NFL, slightly. I mean, both of them. I love both of them. But I think I kind of favor the NBA just a little bit more. So we're going to get into that and think about it. It's just October. The uh, season starts on Tuesday night, October 19th. Obviously, the season's not going to end until April, mid-April, that is and then after that you got the playoffs and then after that in uh the end of june you got the draft and then a few days after that you got nba free agency and a few days kind of in the midst of free agency you've got the nba summer league starting up and then obviously the the wnba and we'll talk some some of that as well Uh, the atlanta dream We'll, we'll talk about them as we go forward with this podcast and by the way I I would be remiss if I did not give out my congratulations to the Chicago Sky 2021 WNBA champions. What a comeback that was by the sky yesterday evening as the Chicago Sky beat the Phoenix Mercury in four games, three games to one. What a uh, man. Candace Parker, what can you say about her? I mean, uh, Candace, we all know how special she is on the court. And off the court, for that matter, but for her to uh, leave the L.A. Sparks and come home, go to Chicago, Chi-town, the Windy City, and bring back the hardware in that in her first attempt, the first try, she get she brings the trophy back to Chicago. Well, she brings the the trophy to Chicago. I mean, it's just great stuff. You saw her get emotional there after the game. What a game, man. What a series. What a uh, really good season for the WNBA as well, I think. Really good season. And, yeah, man, the, the, the Chicago Sky are the champions, and we have to salute them. Obviously, you cannot forget about the Phoenix Mercury, who had a fantastic season as well. They were the fifth seed. And you're talking about the sixth seed that ended up winning the championship, that w- ended up winning it all. The fifth seed. Uh, The Phoenix Mercury go down in four games. But, man, they had a great season as well. Brittany Griner and Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins-Smith and all those girls, all those ladies, those women, you know, really had a good season. So, congrats to all of them. Congrats to the Las Vegas Aces, which which is kind of my favorite team. You know, I'm a big Asia Wilson fan. And uh, so, you know, I kind of rolled with them a little bit. They came up a little bit short against the Mercury, unfortunately, in that game five. And, uh, but anyway, that, I think they're going to be back in effect next season. I think I really like that basketball team. At any rate, yes, yeah, so the WNBA season is a wrap. But let's get into this NBA season 2021. The way we're going to do it, you know, you know I'll kind of break down on the Southeast Division first. We'll talk about all, you know, what to look for and everything. We'll go into the Southwest Division in my next segment. And then I'll kind of finish it up and kind of, you know, just give a little bit of a broad overview of what I look for in the NBA as a whole. Uh, We'll talk each division just, you know, kind of briefly. We'll talk, and I'll give you kind of, you know, kind of like I did my NFL preview if you uh, took a listen to that. Kind of the same kind of format. And uh, I'll give you the teams I think are going to win the divisions and i'll you know probably talk about some of the awards you know mvp defensive player of the year rookie of the year all that kind of stuff i'll kind of make my predictions on that in the in the final segment Man, let's get into it though the southeast division uh didn't quite turn out like i think most people thought it would last season i think most people would have favored the miami heat to win that division obviously coming off of uh that finals appearance in the bubble against the Lakers, taking the Lakers six games. and you, you know, you look at some of the young guys on that team and then obviously being able to keep Jimmy Butler, we thought that that was going to be the formula for them to win this division again. Didn't quite turn out that way. A lot of injuries, a lot of things did not go the Heat's way. Uh, you, you know, guys like Goran Dragic went down. Uh, Jimmy Butler saw his injury problems as well, so things did not quite go that way, and that, that kind of allowed the Atlanta Hawks to step it up. And it was really crazy how it happened, man. I mean, the the Hawks got out to a terrible start, fourteen and twenty, to be exact. I thought it was a little bit worse than that. I had to go back and kind of kind of look at it. They were fourteen and twenty when they uh, when their front office decided to part ways with Lloyd Pierce the head coach, and they bring in assistant coach Nate McMillan. Obviously, you know, actually, it was more of a player-driven kind of thing. The players wanted Lloyd Pierce out. I mean, I'm not going to say the front office didn't as well, but I think the players were really vocal in their, um, you know, uh, their disapproval of Lloyd Pierce. So they made the change. I think a lot of people questioned it at the time. No one is questioning it now. <laughs> Nobody is questioning the Hawks making that move in the middle of the season. They go from a team that was fourteen and twenty and headed nowhere, definitely not to the playoffs, to a team that won let me get this number correct. <laughs> they go to from a team that was fourteen and twenty at one point to a team that won twenty seven of their final thirty eight regular season games. So they go twenty seven and eleven the last couple of months of the season and finish this thing off Eastern I mean Southeast Division champs. And I mean just I mean what can you say? Nate McMillan came in and, and just I don't know, kind of changed changed the culture overnight. It was really crazy. And you have to give him all the props. There's no question about it. They go from the team that was not going to make the playoffs to a team that goes all the way to game six of the Eastern Conference Finals versus the eventual NBA champion, the Milwaukee Bucks. So, man, you have to take your hat off, tip your hat to them for that season that they had last year. They beat the Knicks in the first round. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers in the second round. And then, of course, like I said, they get to the Bucks. The Bucs were a little bit too strong for them. But they even that series, <laughs> they were right there, man. They were right there in a couple of those games, a couple bounces here and there. Who knows? Who knows what could have happened? But, you know, I think when you look at things, the Hawks were kind of helped out a little bit. Let's just be real about it. Things, the table was really set for them to make that run. But, hey, even though the table's set, that doesn't mean you're going to eat all the time, right? And the, the Hawks, ate, they took advantage of it. So you have to give them credit for that. So now you look at them going into this season. Obviously, Trey Young, the leader of this basketball team, he is the face of the franchise. Uh, you know, the thing I think you have to question is, uh, do you maybe get another guy to kind of go with him here at another, at some point? Another guy that can kind of be a secondary ball handler or whatever. Uh you have Bogdan Bogdanovich and you have Kevin Herder uh at the shooting guard positions. Those guys, both of those guys had really good seasons. They both of those guys had really good seasons. No question about that. Uh, Bogdanovich was a the guy they picked up in free agency. And um he's a the guy they picked up in free agency and he really had a good good season. He averaged sixteen point four points per game. He really gave the Hawks another three big time three point threat to go with um to go with Young on the perimeter, which was huge, man. It really was. But Kevin Hurdle, I mean, this is a guy that came in. Bogdanovich had his injury problems, especially there in the playoffs. But Kevin Hurdle came up huge. Uh, there was also the, the emergence of Lou Williams, who they they obtained in a trade for Rajon Rondo. So I mean, just every button this Atlanta Hawks team. Pushed last season worked even the uh the buttons before the season. Getting Danilo Gallinari was another big free agency move that they made before last season. Gallinari worked out really well. Uh, you looked at uh their their draft pick in the on Kagwu, he came he had his moments as well, you know, backing up Clint Capella. And Clint Capella is another guy. That uh obviously is their big guy inside, kind of their rim protector or big time rebounder or whatever. Uh and then you look at John Collins. I mean, this is a team going into this off this past offseason that, you know, you wonder, at least I did anyway. I'm like, what what, is, what will this team do? And, you know, in free agency in the draft, what kind of moves are they gonna really make? I mean, I don't know. If there's a defined move that they really can make because, you know, financial reasons and all of that. But what move do they really need to make except for everybody just maybe just to get a little bit better and to continue to get better? Uh, I'm telling you, they, they have everything you want. They are. They are too deep at every position. I think you can definitely say that. Uh, with the emergence with the uh acquisition of Delon Wright. I think he is gonna be a really good backup for Trey Young. I think Delon Wright obviously is a veteran presence. He's a guy that can play both guard positions as as far as I can tell. Uh really good defensive guy. Maybe not, you know, not the most not the most flashy guy offensively or whatever, but the dude can get it done. So I think he's a really good uh I think it'll be a really good compliment to uh, Trae Young. I think you, know, you look at still you still have uh, Lou Williams coming off the bench, Kevin Herder, Bogdanovich. That backcourt is set. And then you look at again, like I say, Danilo Gallinari and uh, John Collins and uh, uh, Capella up front. And then you get to the small forward position. You kind of get to the wing position. And they really have, I mean, they're about three deep there. It's kind of their ACC connection or whatever you want, if you want to look at it like that. You talk about Cam Reddish, who went through his injury problems last year. DeAndre Hunter, who also had injury issues last season. And then now they get in the draft uh, with the 20th pick. They draft Jalen Johnson out of Duke. So they have DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia and, Uh, Cam Reddish and Jalen Johnson both out of Duke so it's kind of their you know ACC trio so again a little bit of a log jam right there so you just wonder if one of those guys could you know maybe become expendable um maybe they go out go out another um ball handler or something to go with Trey Young because I think they're set up front Uh, I really do you just wonder what this team can do to get a little bit better, maybe to, uh, you know, enhance their team just enough so maybe they take that next step. And obviously, actually, though, when you sit there and think about it, it may not be the next step that they should probably worry about right now. It may just be just to kind of hold, hold serve. You know, they are the, Eastern, uh, the Southeastern Division champions, but I think another team has – their high their sights set on uh, unseating the Atlanta Hawks. And that team's the Miami Heat. I think you look at some of the moves that they have made over the the off season. Uh, you look at you know, again, they we looked at a we thought we would get a lot more from this team last year. The team coming out of the bubble that had been to the finals and everything and things has never worked out. They had a lot of injury problems. They have replaced Goran Dragic with Kevin with Kyle Lowry. Which I think is obviously an upgrade. Now I'm a, I'm a big time Rockets fan actually, but this guy never could stay healthy. He never could. I think he's more of, he's really a good shooter, but he's more of a shoot first guy. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, not a facilitator really. So I think the addition of Kyle Lowry helps this basketball team. I think having that guy that knows when to push it. And this is a guy that will push the basketball. We know we all know that. We all know um, the professionalism that Kyle Lowry shows. He's going to D you up. You know he's going to play defense. He's an adequate shooter. A uh, good you know scores the ball enough. So the addition of Kyle Lowry, you know, he's getting up in age a little bit. But you know if he can stay healthy, that is going to be a huge upgrade in my opinion for the Heat. So you you know, you pair Kyle Lowry with you know, with uh with Jimmy Butler and you know, they've got a you know, their big guy Bam out of bio. You know, dude out of Kentucky has been doing his thing, athletic big man, you know, kind of, you know, can step out, shoot the jumper a little bit, obviously can get out and, and uh guard, you know, guard the smaller players on the perimeter and all of that. And of course, you know, Tyler Hero. All right, I don't know if you guys have I don't know if you guys have seen Tyler Hero. But <laughs> this dude has been busy here in the off season. He is not gone on I don't know if he's going on a vacation at all. This dude has been in the weight room big time. And he is it looks I mean he looks stronger. I don't know if he actually is stronger, but he looks stronger. <laughs> okay. uh, This dude is going to be, we already know what type of three-point shooter he can be uh, when things are going on, you know, going the correct way for him. Uh, And then you look at the addition of Victor Oladipo. You wonder about him. You wonder about his health. Uh, But that's a pretty good one-two punch if if Oladipo can stay healthy. You talk about Oladipo and Tyler Hero in that backcourt. It's pretty special. It really could be. And uh, you look up, Duncan Robinson returns uh, 13.1 points per game, one of the best, one of the most deadly three-point shooters in the NBA. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, there's a lot of depth on this basketball team, man. And I think a a really good pickup for them is P.J. Tucker. Now, Now, here's the deal about P.J. Tucker. And I think if you're a Bucks fan, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I think you should be upset to a degree that the Bucks did not sign this dude back. I mean, the Bucks signed this guy for one reason. And one, well, okay, I take that back. They signed him for two reasons. They signed him for, to uh, guard Kevin Durant and to make a few baseline jumpers from three-point land. That's it. Well, no. And they, they and, and for his scrappiness and rebounding. So I'm sorry. I, I actually actually I guess he had three really three major jobs. And this dude does it. It doesn't matter <laughs> that this dude averaged uh two point six points per game last year. It does not matter. What this dude gives you the intangibles that a guy like PJ Tucker gives you on the basketball floor cannot be you can't measure it when you talk about oh well he didn't score you you just can't you can't put that into the equation it doesn't matter if you've got enough guys around him that can score he doesn't have to score it's all of the little things that he does and you sit there and you look at that Milwaukee Bucks series against Brooklyn yes Kevin Durant had a, a hell of a series and obviously if Kevin Durant wore a size uh, 13 shoe rather than a 14, or whatever it is, <laughs> if, uh, a 12 rather than a 13, whatever size shoe he wears, if it was an inch shorter, <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets would have been in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, obviously, we know that was not the case. And the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, they got away when they really should have dominated that series. They got away and were able to win in the seven game. But, pj tucker even though kevin durant did his thing and there were their past playoff appearances where kevin durant did his thing the uh 2018 series where the rockets thought they had the golden state warriors beat and uh they were three games to two even though kevin durant went off in that series pj tucker bothered him okay so you know, he just he knows how to guard Kevin Durant. He knows how to position himself to, um, you know, just just really just kind of in Kevin Durant's head, and and you know, get he knows where to kind of push Durant out on the floor where Durant maybe isn't as comfortable as he is in other spots, and that's and that and that was a lot of in a lot of ways was the difference in that series so the heat picking them up is huge in my opinion if he can stay healthy or at least be healthy when when that you know when playoffs start when they get to those big rounds that is going to help the heat just like it helped the Milwaukee bucks so i think that's huge but i think obviously this is a deep team very deep and so you know i think they're going to be better defensively Jimmy Butler, man, I think he's I think you could look at him as possible possible being an M V P candidate this season. I really do. If you know, I think he should be healthier this season than he was last. I, I just really look for big things from him this season. You look at you know, but you go further onto their bench, you look at guys like Markeith Morris and uh Dwayne Dedman uh, to go with those guys. I just really think this is a deep team. Another guy that I really like off of that bench is Max Struess. I don't know if you guys are seeing this dude, man. This dude can stroke it from the perimeter. I mean, mean, this dude is like money when he comes into the ball game from three-point range. If you haven't checked him out, check him out. Number 31 for the Heat is something else. Out of DePaul. Really good ball player, I think, coming up is going to make some strides. So, yeah, the Heat, to me, look really strong. I think, you know, kind of, I guess, next in line for me in the Southeast Division You look at the Washington Wizards. I think you have to really like their offseason, man. When you think about that trade, the Russell Westbrook trade, getting rid of him and that big contract, sending him out to L.A., and getting back guys like Kyle Kuzma. And uh, cantavius Caldwell Polk, KCP, the, the former Georgia Bulldog, Spencer Dinwiddie, Montrezl Harrell. Getting all those dudes back for uh, Russell Westbrook to me is huge. I think it could really change the, the outlook for this basketball team. And then you look at uh, a couple of their big draft picks that they brought in Corey Kispert, Isaiah Todd. You know, Corey Kispert is kind of a big that can shoot the ball from the perimeter. I like, you know, I, I think you have to like what the Washington Wizards did in the off season. And of course, now they have, also have a new head coach, Wilson Sill Jr. How about that? Wilson Still Jr. coming to coach the team that his father played for and was a humongous star as a big man back in the seventies. You know, he comes back and coaches, his, you know, at his old his father's old stomping grounds. That's I mean that's. That's just fantastic. So, I really like this Washington team, man. You think, you think of uh, Roy Hashimura, uh, the guy from Gonzaga. Uh, to go with, you know, Davis Times was a guy that they put a lot of money into. They thought he was really going to be a guy that would stretch the floor for them. I don't think he had quite had the season <laughs> that they wanted him to have. I mean, it kind of looks like maybe they wasted, his money, wasted their money on him. But I think he's going to be okay. Uh, guys like Aaron Holiday in the backcourt. Uh, and then I think the really the biggest piece, obviously, you know, the biggest piece of this basketball team is Bradley Beal. But I think, the, you know, the next piece, though, is Thomas Bryant. This their big man. He, he went through his injury problems last year, missed the last couple months of the season or so. This dude, I think has a lot of potential in him. He was averaging fourteen point three points per game uh, and six rebounds when he went out with an injury. He should be back, and uh, I mean, I, I just like I really like this team. I think they're really solid. And then, of course, Bradley Beal. Beal, I mean, he's a guy that's unvaccinated right now. We're gonna have to you know, we're gonna get into that a little bit later, we're talking about these vaccinations and guys that aren't vaccinated and all that of course you know that includes one Kyrie Irving we'll get into that a little bit later but um, Bradley Beal doesn't live in New York doesn't play in New York so he's good to go I guess (laughs) which is uh, kind of odd to me all the way around on that one so I, I really believe that this Washington Wizards team is really going to be very strong. I really look for some big things out of them. Uh, going forward, though, another team I think you're going to have to deal with a little bit with some good young talent, the, the Charlotte Hornets. I really like this team as well. Uh, I don't think, obviously, I, don't, I can't see them being in the same, uh, being spoken of as highly as the Hawks or the Heat. But again, I like some of the moves that this team has made. Obviously, when you think about the Hornets, you think of Lamelo Ball and the strides that he made last season. This dude can handle the ball. He's he's athletic, Um, and he showed us, man, that he can shoot the basketball a lot better than we thought it. A lot better than we thought that he could, or at least a lot better than I thought that he could. Um. A lot better shooter from the perimeter. This dude is obviously a big-time facilitator, big-time athlete. Man, LaMelo Ball is going to be special. And I think, uh, really, I think it's a good marriage with him, uh, you know, putting him up with uh, uh, the the, other point guard, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier uh averaged twenty points a game last season. Uh in thirty-four and a half a uh minutes per game. You know, Rozier was a big a big get for Charlotte out of Boston, of course, a couple of years ago. I think that's a good I think that's a good situation for them. Now the, the Hornets did end up getting rid of uh, their backup guard Deon- Devontae Graham. Graham the guard out of Kansas who really was good, uh, really good off the bench last season for them. He ends up in New Orleans. Which that's going to be interesting for them. So, but I think what that does is that kind of clears the way for Rozier and, and, and LaMelo Ball to really be the main ball handlers on this basketball team. They don't have to look over their heads at Devontae Graham. I think that kind of will help them a little bit. If you ask me, I know that, you know, it looks, you uh, you look at that, and maybe, um, maybe the, they don't have as much depth as they once had. But you know, they they actually they did go out in the draft and get James Booknight out of UConn, which I think is a good pickup. Uh, Booknight I think should come in and 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 probably produce for them pretty early. I mean, you know, I think he should be able to give them some good minutes off the bench. And then of course you look at Gordon Hayward in that backcourt. So, you know, Gordon Hayward can stay healthy. I mean, that's always, the hap- that's always the question with him. I mean, since he's been at Utah, since he went to Boston, can Gordon Hayward stay healthy? That is the question. But if he can, you're looking at a really solid backcourt. Then you're talking about the front court with Miles Bridges and um, uh, P.J. Washington and uh, Mason Plumlee. Uh, Bismack Biombo, of course, is a guy kind of their uh, rim stopper and everything. Solid basketball team. And I think a team that possibly could could challenge and make the playoffs. I mean, you know, I can see them being in that... Probably, I don't see them being in the top six. I think it's possible. I don't think they'll do it, but I think they'll definitely be in that 7-10 range and make the uh, play-in tournament. So, they'll have a shot uh, you know look i, I think they're going to be a tough out every night i just really do that backcourt again it, it really comes down to gordon hayward can he stay healthy uh i think if you look at the next team in line obviously the orlando magic and obviously man look the magic have been going through it okay <laughs> they have they've uh, They've tried a lot of different things. They, you know, they drafted a lot of bigs. We saw them go with Aaron Gordon, and I mean, so many bigs there for a good while, and all, none of that really seemed to work out. And then now it seems like they're kind of, well, let's go get as many guards as we can get. So they've got, uh, they've gotten Cole Anthony, who Anthony who had a pretty decent rookie season last year. Cole Anthony, uh, kind of be running things at point for them obviously they had Markel Fultz, who was a guy that they got from Philadelphia and everything. He's been a guy. We all know his problems. um, You know, his confidence problems shooting the basketball and all of that. Uh, It's crazy what goes on in Philadelphia, man. We're going to get into Ben Simmons (laughs) a little bit later on as well. The former LSU standout. We're going to get into him as we uh, go on with this NBA preview. Uh it's just really crazy i mean it's really crazy to even think about that but you uh, know i think cole anthony cole anthony is really solid when you look at him playing the point obviously terrence ross comes back which i thought was a huge i thought it was huge for them to bring him back he i think a lot of people thought that he would move on in free agency but the magic were able to bring him back in and uh yeah, um I, I just think that again it's it's all gonna be about getting it all the you know, kinda of piecing it all together. You know, maybe their first round pick can help out. Number four pick overall, Jalen Suggs. I'm sorry, number five pick overall. I'm sorry. Jalen Suggs, man, I, I really like this dude. I think a lot of people were turned off by Suggs. He's the guard out of Gonzaga. I think a lot of people were turned off by him. Because there just doesn't seem to be a lot of upside right now for him, and i you know I guess I can understand that, but i, I the dude's just a winner from what I can tell, and he's got a good shot on him. this is I mean he's not going to wow you with his three point game right now. he's not going to wow you with his athleticism, but the dude just wins he just he knows how to make the right plays. I think he can play both guard spots. I think he can be another facilitator out there for the Magic. I just really like that move. I really do. Uh, Players that I'm kind of watching for this team, the Magic. Wendell Carter Jr., a guy that they got out of Chicago. He's a big that a lot of people looked at uh, coming out of Duke and really thought that he was going to be really good. We'll see what happened for him. Another guy is R.J. Hampton, a point guard. I think this dude has some potential. There there are a lot of guys with a lot of potential on this roster. Chuma, Chuma Okiki. He's a guy that came out of Auburn. I don't know if you remember him in the tournament a couple of years ago. He ended up getting injured and uh did not was unable to finish the season that year with Auburn when they went to the final four. Uh he was, you know, he is on uh I think one of those guys that the magic are going to look for to, to step up his game a little bit. You look at a guy like Mo Bamba, another guy that I think a lot of people thought looked that maybe could have some big things coming from him. So, man, they, they have a lot of guys and then that's not even talking about Jonathan Isaac, who's another guy that's unvaccinated. We'll talk about him very outspoken, but very articulate, uh, young man and him, uh, another, uh, draft pick that they had in the first round was Franz Wagner from Michigan it'll be interesting to see how he fits into this whole thing so they got a lot of pieces a lot of pieces for head coach uh Jamal Mosley who's making his this is his first year as head coach so kind of see how he can piece all of this together a lot of young talent man but this I'm not really sure if there's any cohesiveness right now. We'll see if he can get anything like that going in the Magic Kingdom. So, you know, that's kind of where, you know, where I am with the Southeast Division. I, I just think you have to favor the Heat right now. Uh, obviously, again, it just comes down to them staying healthy. The Heat, to me, looked like the team to beat. The Hawks are right there with them, though. It's going to be <laughs> – that's going to be a really good – uh, rivalry coming up. I think the Hawks and the Heat are going to be must-see TV this season. I like the Washington Wizards coming in third. I like the, the Wizards to possibly challenge for one of those for that sixth spot, maybe, in the East. Uh, I think they'll definitely be in that 7-10 to 10 range. I don't think there's any question about that. And uh, Unfortunately for the Orlando Magic, I like them coming up Uh, on the bottom right behind the Charlotte Hornets. I think the Hornets, again, are a team that could push for that play-in tournament as well. All right, then, we're going to take a break right quick. We're going to get into the Southwest Division when ball about the South. 2021 NBA preview continues. Alright, so we're back. Ball about the South, 2021 NBA preview moves on. I'm C Wood. You can find me at C Wood on Sports on Twitter and IG. Uh, give me a follow there, and uh, you know, chop up some sports with me, man. I'm always on, especially when ball games are on and all of that. Uh, speaking of that, when ball games are on, NBA league pass. Some of the teams I'm kind of looking forward to watching. Before I get into the Southwest Division, out of the Southeast Division, i say my the team I'm going to watch more than anyone else out of the Southeast is probably, probably going to be the Miami Heat. But then again, I really like uh, the, the Washington Wizards. So again, I think they're going to be an interesting watch for this entire season, obviously. And, then of course, you know, you, I, I think the Southeast Division as a whole, when you look at LaMelo Ball being – with the Hornets and everything, obviously, he's gonna do some things. You're gonna watch. You're gonna want to watch on every, you know, kind of on a nightly basis. So a lot, you know, and of course Trey Young and all all of that. So a lot of guys to watch in that league. I think, uh, kind of overall, I think it's, you can, you have to look at teams like uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. I think you you know with John Morant. I think you have to look at the team like the New Orleans Pelicans. We're going to talk about them in a few minutes, especially if Zion Williamson is able to, uh, you know, he's going through his injuries and everything, but I think they're going to be an excellent watch. Obviously, (laughs) the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, to see how that thing fits with Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, they're going to be an obvious watch, you know, see what they're doing on a nightly basis. I think the Chicago Bulls are going to be an interesting watch, uh, Zach Levine and the De- uh, man, Demar Derozan. I'm gonna say that twice. <laughs> uh, so man, you look know, the NBA league pass is gonna be on. I think it's gonna be really lit this year. A lot of good teams, and I think another team that uh, we're gonna talk about them here in just a few minutes. The Houston Rockets. You talk about Kevin Porter Jr. KPJ, his second full season with the Rockets, and then. Jalen Green, their top pick. I think that team is going to be an excellent watch. If nothing else, they may not win a lot of games, but I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Sports Center moments with that basketball team. Anyway, let's get. Speaking of the Houston Rockets and everything, let's get into the Southwest Division, man. Again, I think the Miami Heat are going to come out of the Southeast Division with the uh, Atlanta Hawks right on their tail. I think it's going to be. Uh, um a duel that's going to last the entire season what about the southwest last year the dallas mavericks kind of yeah you know, they they took the southwest division but i you know i don't know if that was saying a whole lot last year <laughs> and it's probably it's probably headed toward being that way again this season i don't know if it's going to be you know if it's going to be saying a whole lot to be honest with you I think you look at teams like the Grizzlies, who obviously have some really good pieces. You look at John Morant. You look at Jaron Jackson Jr., if he's able to stay healthy. But, you know, other than that, you know, Memphis' team with the Grizzlies, they're they're a work in progress, I think. I think you obviously look at the New Orleans Pelicans, another team that's a work in progress, as they kind of start to fit all of their pieces together. And then you look at the San Antonio Spurs and Houston Rockets, and both of those teams are in rebuild mode. <laughs> so, you know, not a lot to win in the, uh, win in the Southwest Division. But again, yeah, it's going to be competitive nonetheless, I think, between the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. And, you know, maybe, and of course the Pelicans as well. I think all three of those teams have their, you know, are going to have their opportunity to uh, take this division. I really do. I don't think it's an open and shut case that the Dallas Mavericks are going to run away with this division. Uh, obviously, obviously, Luka Doncic is probably the best player in this division. I mean, you might get some arguments from, from uh, the John Morant fans or you might get an argument from fans of the Pelicans or whatever, but for my money, I think for everybody's money, Doncic is the best player in this division but the problem is with luka Doncic. he's got he's got a lot of improvement to do which is which is a good thing i mean look this is a dude that's only in his um that's only uh in his fourth year so you know look he's, he's a work in progress we all know that and uh I think the biggest thing that he's gotta change about his game, well maybe not change about it, but add to his game is being a facilitator. I mean, he is supposed to be the point guard. <laughs> he is supposed to, he is supposed to be the floor general for this basketball team. But the weakness, I think one of the weaknesses of this team is that he is still too selfish. I'm not you know, I don't think he's a selfish player. But he is just not a guy that's gonna sit there and give up the ball very much and he's gonna to try to do a little bit too much with the basketball and that gets him into trouble and then in turn gets the Mavericks into trouble. You know, so he's one of the best scorers out there, we all know that. He can post you up, he can uh take you to the hole, he can he's got that nice little step back jumper. A lot of his game is a lot like James Harden, I guess, to, to a certain de to a certain degree. When you really look at it, he does a lot of things that James Harden does. Obviously, he doesn't do a lot of them as well, and he's definitely not as good a passer as James Harden. And that is one of the things he's got to get better at, so he can get, you know, so he can get his other guys involved a little bit more. Guys like uh, Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a really good player. Obviously, uh, you know, you know he's got to get him involved a little bit more. He have, you know, Hardaway Jr. I think has the potential to be a twenty-point scorer. Uh, he, last year he averaged sixteen point six points per game, which is not bad. But I think it would serve for you know serve better for the Mavericks if Hardaway Jr. averaged a little bit more points than he does if he had a few more opportunities. Uh, You look at, you know, elsewhere on that roster, Chris Stapps, Porzingis is another guy. Obviously, when you look at the Mavericks, in my opinion, the key to this whole thing, you know, first of all, the first key is, you know, uh uh Dunch is evolving into a guy that's more of a facilitator and not just a scorer but the other key piece of this this Mavericks uh, basketball team is Kristaps Porzingis. KP has to be that guy that um you know, is that big that stretches the floor. Obviously he's he's good at that, but he's got to bring a little bit more to his game. He's pretty good around the rim defensively, blocking shots and things of that nature. But he's got to be stronger rebounding. He's got to be stronger, obviously, on the defensive side of the floor. He's got to be stronger, uh, you know, kind of in the you know, the pick and roll game, in my opinion. You know, those things are lacking. And I think if, if you can get him more involved, you know, he's a guy that averaged 20 points a game, which is good. But I think he could possibly – get up 22, 23 points a game. And when you sit there and think about that, if you sit there and think about those two, just those two or three points, and then you add two or three points or maybe four points to get Tim Hardaway Jr. up around 20 points, then you're talking about seven, eight more points a game. And that could be huge. That could be the difference of this team being a team that was uh, won and done in the playoffs and a team that, Who knows? Can make it to the second round, possibly with the right matchup. Who knows? Maybe they get to the next round and get to the uh, conference finals. I think that's a long shot for this team, no question. But I think that is the kind of potential that they have. But again, it, it it takes the you know Luka Doncic being being more of a complete player. So we'll have to see how that rolls. Other guys on that team, you look at uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, they picked up Reggie Bullock in in free agency. That was really the only move that they really made of any consequence. Sterling Brown, I think, could be a decent pickup. He's a three-point shooter who played with the Rockets last year. Uh, You know, look, they they, they didn't really make a lot of moves either way. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team goes, man. They they didn't have any draft picks either. So pretty much what you got last year is what you're going to get this year with the Dallas Mavericks. We'll see how it rolls. Um, You know, going moving on, like I said, I think probably right behind the Mavericks are going to be the the Memphis Grizzlies. And, again, Memphis has the potential, in my opinion, to pass the uh, Mavericks and win this division. Now, the big thing with the Grizzlies – here in the offseason, they had the huge trade with the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, blockbuster trade. They end up sending guys like Jonas Valanciunas to New Orleans. And they, uh, in return, they get Steven Adams. I think that was the biggest part of that trade. Um, now, of course, Eric Bledsoe was involved in that trade. But, of course, he has been uh, since moved on to the Clippers which is, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that works out as well. But uh, I kind of was wanting to see how that worked out with maybe Bledsoe and John Morant. I thought in Dylan Brooks and those guys in that backcourt, I thought that would have been pretty interesting to see. But <laughs> they had those ideas, and I, I kind of understand what they're doing. I, I like – I think the move for, for me, obviously – uh, trading Valanciunas and kind of basically trading him for Stephen Adams is, is a downgrade, in my opinion. I think probably Stephen Adams is a little bit stronger around the rim in terms of in terms of block shots. You know, being a guy that can um, you know protect the rim. Maybe he's a little bit more of an upgrade. Obviously, he's a better rebounder. I think than Valanciunas is. But I think when you look at the other aspects of the game—you're talking about scoring, you're talking about a guy that can go out on the perimeter and hurt defenses with his perimeter shot and his, you know, screen and roll game and all of that—Valanciunas is is a lot better than Stephen Adams. The uh, Stephen Adams was a big time bust, if you ask me, in New Orleans. I, you know, I thought New Orleans really thought they had something there—a guy that they could put next to zion uh, zion williamson and just did not work so you look at this memphis grizzlies team man uh still a hard-nosed rugged team in a lot of ways we saw that they're still gonna d you up kind of like they did in the old days but now they've added guys like john morant they love to push it uh john morant is a guy that's you know obviously very electric with the basketball in his hands Good facilitator. He can get to the rim. He can blow by just about anyone. I think he makes everybody on that floor better with the way he plays the game. Uh, he's getting better as a shooter. Uh, his overall game is right where it needs to be, man. And I think you have to think the uh, the goal for him is in the next year or two to be an all-star. And I think he's headed that way. But, uh, you know, you look at guys in the, in that backcourt with him, Dylan Brooks, man, you know, this is another guy, another hard-nosed guy, but he showed last year in the playoffs especially that this dude can score a little bit. And I think, you know, uh, Dylan Brooks, man, he averaged 17 points a game last year, right behind John Morant, who's, who averaged 19 points and seven assists. So he is going to be that kind of that guy, that secondary guy, the big the big question, the big question mark or the um the player that we I think we all should want to see most is Jaron Jackson Jr. I think the move to go from Valentunas to Steven Adams was all about Jaron Jackson. I think from a money standpoint, and by the way, uh, great timing. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. just signed a, a four-year, one hundred five million dollar contract to um, that's uh, that you know obviously inks him for a few more years there in Memphis. Now, I think that he wanted to get a, a max deal, but obviously, you know, again, Jaron Jackson's a guy that has been going through the injury book since he's been in Memphis. I think he he is a guy with a lot of potential, athletic, big. That can stretch the floor, uh, protect the rim. He's a good shot blocker and all of those good things. Hasn't been able to stay healthy, so I think I think the Grizzlies see the potential in him, which I think everyone can. But they're not wanting to put that big money up on him yet. And as a matter of fact, uh, from, from what I understand, the deal because the deal was just done this afternoon. So, but he uh th- that deal is laden with uh you know caveats in it saying that he has to stay healthy you know so it's, it's 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 still one of those deals where not only is not is it not the max but he's gonna have to be you know it's, it's laden with incentives it's gonna be where he's gonna have to play a certain number of games and Things of that nature, so which <laughs> a lot of people are questioning why did he sign that deal? To be honest with you, because he could have waited till the end of the season and seen maybe look I can get you know prove about my worth a little bit more, or I can look elsewhere and you know and get out on in the free agent market. But he decided to go ahead and ink the deal right now. So again, it's a lot of money twenty seven point whatever million dollars for the next four years, I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. But you just wonder if he had been, you know, kind of held out a little bit longer, could have gotten more. I don't know. But anyway, he is the key. Those are the keys of this basketball team. Steven Adams, you know, look, he's he's not – I don't think he's going to have to be looked upon to score as quite as much as he – you know, I think it was a disappointment that he didn't score more in New Orleans. He's never been a huge scorer, but he saw a lot more potential in his scoring in Oklahoma City, in my opinion. So, you know, placing him next to Jaron Jackson Jr., they hope, I think, that there's going to be a little, a little bit of an insurance for him, uh, having him down low, having him be able to bang with these big guys on, the, on a nightly basis and kind of let Jaron Jackson do his thing on the perimeter and – uh you know, it's just kind of maybe a weak side defender, shot blocker when he's in the game by himself. So we'll see how it works out. Uh, yeah, but you know, I think the Grizzlies are, in, in, are looking pretty good. Some of the that was really the biggest move that they made. Sire Williams is uh, their draft choice that they picked up. I think there's a lot of potential in this dude. Um, Brandon Clark is another guy that I like in their front court. Really athletic guy, averaged ten points, about six rebounds a game last year. Kyle Anderson returns 12 points and nearly six rebounds for him. Really athletic guys that can get out and defend on the perimeter. That's what this team is. So um Yeah, I think Steven Adams is a good addition. And I think obviously he's gonna cost a little bit less than than Valentina. So I think that helps. The, uh, the Grizzlies here in the future and I think that's what this was all about so we'll see how it works out for them I think the Grizzlies are definitely a team that can surpass the Mavericks here in this division now let's get to the New Orleans Pelicans the other side of that trade okay I think that Jonas Valanciunas is a guy that's going to help Zion out the only thing about it that's whenever that is when the Zion gets back on the floor <laughs> I mean it was undisclosed that he had Uh, a broken foot or whatever or a fractured foot and had surgery on it. So he's out of commission right now. I'm not really sure when exactly he is going to be ready to start the season. Again, another setback for Zion and this basketball team. So many of them, so many, same kind of deal last season. Could not start the season. Had to wait on him. You know, again, you just wonder what the deal is. You wonder if if the weight problem, well, not necessarily weight problem, or but you wonder if it's his weight that is giving him some issues or whatever. A lot of people are starting to ask that question. There's no question in this dude's talent, and I think pairing him up with a guy like Valentinus who can stretch the floor on, in his own right, I think is a good, is a better mix than having Stephen Adams, a guy that's basically just going to clog the lane. I think you let, allow Zion Williamson to do more of his work, kind of the mid-range down low. You can kind of spread it out a little bit more with a guy like Valentinus than you can Stephen Adams. I think that helps him. I think that gives him more one-on-one opportunities, in my opinion, if he can ever get the out there on the floor. And then, of course, if you, you, know, you sit there and you add Brandon Ingram to the mix. You know, you've got three – very capable scores, in my opinion. You know, you look at Valentunas last year with the uh, with the Grizzlies. Uh, Valentunas was a guy that went for seventeen points a game, twelve rebounds. A lot of people don't think that Valentunas <laughs> is a is a guy that can can get with you down low, but he, look, he averaged twelve rebounds. Okay, so this dude, man, I, I just really like this move. For the for the Pelicans. I mean, so you, have, you, you add Valentunas to Zion Williamson, who averaged 27 points a game, and Brandon Ingram, who averaged 23. That is some kind of trio, if you ask me. Now, after that, the biggest question would be the point guard spot. They gave up Lonzo Ball. He is now in Chicago, which is going to be an interesting mix with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and those guys up there but they, uh, a lot of Pelicans fans did not like that move. But I think this is a really good move for the Pelicans because you get Josh Hart in return. Josh Hart, not a huge name, but this dude, nine points last year, eight assists and twenty nine, basically 29 minutes per game. I think he adds a guy, obviously with a lot of experience, uh, just a steady guy that, that – that knows what he's doing is going to be able to lead this basketball team, in my opinion. And you pick up a guy like Garrett Temple, another uh, veteran that can play uh, the other guard position, really good defensively. You had Tom, Tomas uh, Sadoransky from, from Washington. I mean, this this is another uh, guy in the, that they can put in the backcourt that can shoot the ball pretty decent. I mean, I, I really like what this team has done. Uh, and then that's to add to what they already had. And then to get Devontae Graham from Charlotte. Devontae Graham, we talked about him a little bit earlier with the Hornets last year. He was a guy that came off the bench and spelled uh, spelled their point guards over there. LaMelo Ball and all, you know. And, and I thought he was really, really one of those guys that really came on last year big time one of the comeback player of the year award um finalists as a matter of fact so adding him to the mix you know you're talking about Graham you're talking about Josh Hart really good I think you're talking about a solid backcourt and that is in addition to a guy like Kyle Lewis Jr. who's trying to find his way right now and he's a second year guy coming up out of Alabama I think he's a guy that has a lot of talent we'll just see if he can you know, kind of get some continuity going with that team as well. So, I mean, I I think there are just a lot of really good things about this basketball team to, to look at. I think, you know, uh, shooting guard spot may be a, a bit of a question because you sit there and you look at uh, Brandon Ingram, of course, is more of a three. And so, obviously, I think Garrett Temple's going to see some time there. I think you see Josh Hart have some time there as well. Probably some, you'll see some minutes where Kyra Lewis Jr. will be teamed up with uh, Josh Hart or Devontae Graham will be lined up with Josh Hart. So I think they'll kind of kind of mix it about and kind of come up with the, the, the best uh, mix during the game or whatever. Uh, new head coach Willie Green, who's in his first ever season. Um, I think he's a guy that can probably work all that out. He's going to, I mean, again, they have the pieces. It's just about them putting them in the right place. Okay. Uh, so, I, I mean, look, I like this team. And then you look at some of the other youth on this basketball team. Uh, uh, Najee Marshall is a guy that can, who, who can light it up from three-point range. I think the same thing for uh, Alexander Walker. Nick uh, Alexander Walker is another guy, averaged 11 points per game last season. Really athletic, another guy that's really athletic on that front line, Jackson Hayes. They have length. They have a lot of athleticism on this basketball team to go with, you know, the, their bigs in Zion Williamson and Jonas so I, I just really like this team if Zion can be healthy. If they if if Zion is healthy and they make it work in backcourt with Graham and Hart and you know Kyra Lewis Jr. and you know all those guys back there. To me, I have to favor the Pelicans in this division. I just really would. I, I think this team is deeper than Dallas. The problem is I don't know if we can count on these guys to stay healthy. So I think for that reason, I'm going to have to favor Dallas. But I think the potential is there. And I think this is definitely going to be a, a playoff team right now, in my opinion. So, who's gonna be right along with them though? Is can anyone get with those top three teams? The bottom two teams, the Spurs, the Rockets, what about them? Obviously I think next in line we'd have to go with the Spurs. I don't think either one of these teams are gonna be playoff teams. I think the Spurs are I think are kind of fully in rebuild mode right now. You know, Pop, Greg Popovich, one of the best coaches ever. It's gonna be a little bit different feel for him, obviously. Yeah, you know, look but uh this dude has been there a long time, has the five titles, and the Spurs are still one of the best organizations out there, but they've got a they've got a lot got a lot of work to do to get this thing back anywhere close to where they had it back here in the mid two thousands and with early two thousand and then the just maybe five, six years ago when they won the title. Uh, you look at their team, I think their team is really stockpiled in the backcourt when you think about De- DeJounte Murray and Derek White, uh, Lonnie Walker, all of those guys in the backcourt. Uh, Brent Forbes was a guy that, um, that can really shoot the ball from the perimeter really well. All four of those guys really, to me, are really good shooters. Keldon Johnson probably is the guy that, He's their young guy that a lot of teams I think are probably gonna be looking at, man. If if things don't work out with the Spurs, a lot of teams maybe want to get their hands on him. Maybe a team like Philadelphia. I don't know, in a trade for Ben Simmons. I mean I'm just you know, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. Keldon Johnson is an up and coming guy, the youngster out of Kentucky. He averaged around twelve, thirteen points a game last year. Uh they didn't do they didn't do a whole lot. In uh, free agency, they picked up Zach Collins and, uh, you know, actually Brand Forbes was with Milwaukee last year, so they, they're really getting him back. He was with the Spurs a couple of years ago, so they're getting him back from Milwaukee. They added Thaddeus Young. They added Doug McDermott, who's, you know, we all know about Dick, Doug McDermott. He's a shooter that's played with the Bulls and several other teams as well. Um Again, look, and then and their big loss, of course, was DeRozan. They lost DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls, so they're in full rebuild mode, in my opinion. Uh, again, I think they're strong in the backcourt, but elsewhere, you know, I, well, and I really like Keldon Johnson, a guy that's up and coming on the wing. But other than that, they're they're the Spurs are definitely a work in progress. Uh, you look at. Look at the team that's probably going to end up coming up and last in this division, but I think they're going to be extremely fun to watch. My Houston Rockets, yeah, they're going to end up last. (laughs) Okay, look, there's just too much youth on this basketball team. They uh, made absolutely the correct move, in my opinion, um, mutually parting ways with John Wall. Well, They haven't actually done it yet, but they have mutually agreed to find a trade partner for him. Because, look, I mean, you have a guy in KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., that is coming up. They The Rockets got him from, from Cleveland after he had some issues there. This is a former first-round pick that they have in their backcourt, and now they add Jalen Green. So you've got two top – well, two first-round picks, really good first-round picks in that backcourt now for the Rockets. And so, look, John Wall would be in the way okay, i mean, look yeah you know, it it's time for John Wall to try to move on, hopefully find him a team where he can be on the contender uh like you know John wall has been a uh as professional as you can be with this whole deal since he was traded from washington in my in my opinion, he deserves to have a shot to go in and get a ring, so hopefully I've uh, seen a lot of talk maybe about him ending up with, with the clippers that that would be a good fit, i think. We'll see what happens, but I think they're doing the right thing and um mutually agreeing to trade him at some point. You look at the Rockets, though, KPJ, Jalen Green in the backcourt, I think it's gonna be formidable here in a few years. They're just gonna go through a lot of growing pains until they get there. Eric Gordon is back, he's kind of a veteran presence. He's gonna be a guy I think that's gonna take a back seat as well. Uh and other than that, man I mean, you look at Christian Wood Sea Wood. Okay, Seawood <laughs> need to have him on the show. Seawood <laughs> uh, is their big guy in the middle. Uh, obviously, they I think they would love to kind of speed things up for him. He's around twenty six years old. He's you know he's not necessarily really young, but he's, he's still got some good playing years in him. So, but he's kind of the centerpiece of this team right now. Besides their two guards. So we'll see how that plays out. Maybe, I don't know, maybe eventually they try to move him. not really sure. Another guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing once the regular season starts is Alperin Sengun. He was the 16th pick by the Rockets. And this guy is a little bit undersized. I think he's listed more 6'8", but I think he could even be more like 6'7". But he's a power forward. Kind of reminds you the way he plays the game, of you know of the Joker man, Nikola Jokic. Just a little bit. He's a good passer. He's you know obviously I think he's his shot is developing. This is a guy that's played overseas for step a, for a few years. He's only nineteen years old. <laughs> I mean the, the the Rockets have nineteen year olds up and down this lineup. Josh Christopher was another first-round pick that they got from Arizona State. Does that ring a bell? James Harden, Arizona State. Could Josh Christopher be the next great (laughs) Sun Devil in a Houston Rocket uniform? We'll see. Uh, You know, you look at – they picked up in free agency. They picked up uh, Tice from Boston, uh, which, you know, Daniel Tice. Uh, you know, obviously, that's going to be interesting to see if, if he, uh, how he fits in with this basketball team. In my opinion, other than that, it's about the youth, man. You look at Jayson Tate; he was a candidate for Rookie of the Year last year, averaging 11 points a game. He's going to get more opportunities this season. Kenyon Martin Jr., Kenyon Martin's son. This dude is super athletic. He's, going, I think, he's going to get a little bit more run this season. I think this is going to be one of the most athletic and most fun teams to watch. They're just not going to win a whole lot of games doing it. So, and, and again, I'm excited to see it. So, anyway, like I said, I've got the Dallas Mavericks winning this division kind of by default, just because I really, just not really, I'm not sure what we're going to get from Zion Williams. Yeah. So, like I say, I, I think that. The Pelicans definitely can uh win this division. I just really believe that again it's gonna gonna depend on the health of Zion Williamson and uh how they fit. How they fit with uh Valentunas and those new guards there in the backcourt. uh um, yeah, so anyway, man, that is my kind of look at all of the teams there in the Southwest division. I think Southwest Division, probably one of the weaker divisions in the NBA when you really look at it. At any rate, we're going to take a quick break again. We're going to come back, and we're going to kind of break it down a little bit more. We're going to talk just briefly on the rest of the divisions, Pacific Division, Atlantic Division, Northwest Division, and the Central. I'll give you my picks for those divisions, the winner and all of that. We'll talk a little bit about this COVID thing. Not COVID, well, you know, the vaccination, the unvaccinated and the vaccinated. We'll talk quickly about that with Kyrie Irving and everything. And then I'll kind of give you some mm-hmm. of the, you know my award predictions. All of that is coming up next here Ball About the South. all we're back and we're gonna kind of this last segment for my 2021 nba preview if we get ready to tip off the 2021 nba season man definitely big doubleheader tomorrow night i think probably a doubleheader Wednesday night. but if you got league pass i think it doesn't matter about that it's gonna be wall-to-wall hoops starting wednesday night and that's gonna be cool um let me kind of plug this in while i'm talking to you before i get back into the preview look for my next episode we're gonna talk some college football again uh nfl as well week seven college football season week six in the nfl we're gonna talk about that look for that podcast that episode to drop on wednesday we're gonna get into a lot to talk about from a wild weekend and football and baseball that is we're gonna talk some NLCS, the Atlanta Braves. We're going to get into them, what they've done the last two nights to the Los Angeles Dodgers as they get ready to switch from Atlanta out to Dodger Stadium in LA. At any rate, let's get into the final segment of my 2021 NBA preview. Again, I think the I'm going to pick the Miami Heat to win the Southeast Division, and I'm going to tentatively pick the Mavericks in the southwest but again i think the team to watch in the southwest are the new orleans pelicans obviously i think the grizzlies are capable as well but uh i think he's talking about a three-team race during the southwest division any rate let's get into some of my other picks for uh the other divisions and everything obviously everyone's talking about the los angeles lakers what they've done <laughs> Over the uh, last couple of months here, free agency-wise, obviously the huge trade that we just kind of you know alluded to just a little bit. And uh, in, in speaking about the Washington Wizards, the Russell Westbrook trade, Russ going east over to Washington. Let's look at what the Lakers got in that thing. I mean, the Lakers got pretty much a haul as well if you look at it and it's gonna be interesting obviously they get russell westbrook in exchange which obviously he's the centerpiece of that trade but we have to see what's gonna go how this thing is gonna go down i'm not really sure yet man i mean you sit there you're talking about a, a team that's extremely old to say the least okay you got all the nursing home jokes and all of that stuff going on on twitter And that's been going on basically ever since that trade went down. And then on top of that, oh, they just go out and get Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, they bring him back. They bring back Trevor Ariza. Was this his third time in L.A.? (laughs) Okay. They bring back, uh, not bring back, but they also get DeAndre Jordan. That way well, they bring him back to L.A. because he was, also, you know, obviously he was a Los Angeles Clipper for a long time. So man, how do all those pieces fit? I, I, <laughs> I, I, and I think everyone is just really just kind of giving the Lakers this specific Division. I'm gonna say not so fast. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go into my Lee Corso mode. Not so fast. I mean, well, look. The Pacific Division, yes. More than likely. Okay? More, more than likely. But then again, I I put this caveat in there. You're talking about a lot of guys that could miss a lot of games. Obviously, the regular season is not going to be the focus for this team. So it would not surprise me at all if the Phoenix Suns win the, the Pacific Division, maybe even the Los Angeles Clippers, if they win the Pacific. I think the big thing, man, I think people have got to remember, and I think really it was really a blessing in disguise for the Lakers last season. I think when you look at them, if they had finished in the the top three, they um, they would have avoided Phoenix. Well, no, Utah was the number one seed. So let's just say if things are going like a lot of people thought, with the Lakers being – you know, defending champs. Let's just say they have been healthy and everything. Let's say they go ahead and they continue their onslaught and they go out and they they pick up the number one seed last year. They win the Pacific. They they get the overall best record. They get the number one seed. They would you know, obviously they wouldn't have played Phoenix until the Western Conference Finals. But here's my thing about this. I think when you look at this team coming out of the bubble, they you know, that was they they had a lot of rest before the bubble, obviously. I think that, no question, helped the Lakers. It helped LeBron. I think it helped AD. So, I think that enabled them to win that bubble, to win the, the championship in the bubble. Now, if you look, if, if they had finished in first, obviously, they would have beaten whoever they played besides the Phoenix Suns last year. Then It doesn't matter if it was the Jazz you know, I think at that point they probably would have beaten the Clippers, I guess. I'm not, well, I can't really say about the Clippers. Maybe the Clippers would have got them. Can't really say for sure, but apparently, I think, I think basically you're talking about a team that more than likely would have gotten to the Western Conference finals. And this is my stance on them coming out of the bubble. I could not see a team win a championship in October, okay, like they did. <laughs> They won the championship in October there in at, uh, in Orlando. And then we're back on the court again in December. And we're talking about a guy in LeBron James is 35, 36 years old. He's, had, he's starting to have some injury problems here and there. You're talking about Anthony Davis, a guy that's had nagging injuries throughout his career seem like. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. When you look at that ball club, I just didn't see any way. I saw no possible way that that team was going to come back in December and play 72 games and talk about winning another championship. So I think they probably lose again. I think they probably lose anyway in the second or the third round. So I think this way, going out in the first round kind of helped them. It got got them into their, their vacation a little bit earlier. It gave them a little bit more time to rehab and all that good stuff. I think not finishing in the top um, top three and then being eliminated in the first round, I think that helped the Lakers last season. I really do. And I think that kind of sets them up. I think that sets them up to come a little bit, come back stronger this year. I really do. I think they'll be able to get off to a better start. I don't know if it's going to make that much difference. Again, we're talking about the oldest team in the NBA, and it's not even close. Obviously, you're going to see some missed games. You're going to see, you know, Carmelo, Russ, LeBron, all those guys, man. There's no way. (laughs) I just don't see a way this team sits there and really – you know, push their foot to the pedal and, you know, full throttle all year. And then talk about being full strength in the playoffs. So for that matter, I I really think the Lakers really probably finish second or third, maybe even fourth. And it might be the best thing for them again. I just think being knocked out in the first round helps them come back this season. I just really believe that I, I, Anything later than that would have pushed every, all the rehab. You know, LeBron was had those, his nagging injuries. Anthony Davis, all those dudes, man. I'm telling you, I I I, I just saw no way that team was going to win an NBA championship after only being out, you know, only having what a month and a half, two month vacation at the most. I just couldn't see it. I just could not see it. So, I think the Lakers are in a better spot this year. I still don't think that we can just sit there and say, okay, well, the finals, you know, they're going to be in the NBA Finals. I'm just not ready to say that. I think there's a lot to discuss with this team. We talk about Russ. I mean, we, and we all know what you need to put around LeBron James. You need to put perimeter shooting around him. And while they did go out and get Malik Monk, which I thought that was a good pickup, they get Wayne Ellington. Uh, Those are guys that can absolutely shoot the basketball. Of course, they got rid of Kentavious Caldwell-Pope in that trade. But, you know, those guys can shoot the ball, but will it be enough? not really sure. We'll see. Obviously, Anthony Davis is a guy that has to stay healthy. I mean, at least he's got to be healthy more than he's been here in the last few seasons, I think. And, you know, kind of. You know he's got to be strong. He he was the difference in the bubble, in my opinion. And to and to me, I've I've thrown out on Twitter and on social media a couple times that you know I've I've thrown out that overrated word <laughs> about Anthony Davis, and I know that's an unpopular opinion. I understand that. I know it is. But when you sit there and you look at it, man, look, i mean, he is. Don't get me wrong. This dude is is all that he's worth. The money that he's being paid, but if he can't be out there on his, you know consistent base on a consistent basis and everything, and then you know he's he's a guy that's said in the past he doesn't want to play center. Now all of a sudden he's okay with playing center. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just again I think the Lakers obviously have to be looked at as the favorite. I'm just not sure that they're going to make it like it's And it's going to be as easy as a lot of people are thinking it's going to be. OK, that team that everyone thinks is going to make it to the finals against them, the Brooklyn Nets. They come up short against the Bucks last season. We all know that story. Durant could not make the three. It was, turned out to be a two The ball. It turns out to be a two. Ball game, game seven goes to overtime. And we you know, all will know what happened there. The Bucks win it in overtime, and then the Bucks go ahead and beat the Phoenix Suns in six games. Um, again, the Nets, Kyrie Irving, this whole thing with him being vaccinated or not being vaccinated—obviously, it's huge, man. I think the, you know I think when you look at it. I think when you look at what the Nets have added though, I think the Nets were good enough to win it without Kyrie Irving. In some in some ways, I think the Nets may be better without Kyrie Irving. That's just my thoughts on this. I think, you know, I just think when you look at it, man, we all know who the guy who the facilitator of this basketball team is. The point guard of this team is James Hart. We all know that this dude can score with the best of them. He's maybe he's uh, score he can score better (laughs) than the best of them, and he's a guy that's going to get you eight, nine, ten assists tonight. So, teaming him up with Kevin Durant, I think you look at some of the guys that they picked up in the offseason. Patty Mills, I think, is an excellent pickup. He's a guy that can, to me. Can play both guard spots. He can spell Harden. You can play him with Harden in the backcourt. You're talking about two guys that can really score the basketball if you have both of them out there at the same time. I like the addition of Javon Carter. He's another kind of a hard-nosed defensive guy. Another hard-nosed defensive guy is James Johnson. I think that's kind of what this team lacked, you know, uh we saw them. I think they really wanted to get P.J. Tucker last year. The Bucks ended up getting them. And I think that may have been the difference in that series. One of the differences. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. So, you know, I, I just really think, man, Now, one guy that they did lose was Jeff Green. He is with the Denver Nuggets right now, which I think that's going to be a really good addition for them in the um, Northwest Division. But when you look at this team, they're obviously loaded. There's no question about that. And I really believe even without Kyrie Irving, this team can still win an NBA title. As a matter of fact, I would go as far as to say, I like this team better without Kyrie Irving. I'm just going to be real about you. Because even though, and I understand, look, he has a third star to this team. Obviously, he has another ball handler, a guy that, get his own shot against anybody. He can shoot the ball from deep with anybody. We all know what Kyrie brings to the table. We all know. But the other thing that Kyrie brings to the table is chaos, it to a degree. And, again, we have not seen – there have been certain times we have not seen him work out well. We, he worked out fine in Cleveland with LeBron. He did not work out fine in Boston. Okay, so I think Kevin Durant, I think the one thing about it, Kevin Durant, is we're seeing this guy become more of a leader. He has grown into, I think, one of the best leaders that we have in the NBA right now. And I think that would, could be the difference in bringing that team together. But at the same time, you just don't know. You just don't know what Kyrie is going to do. And, again, that gets me to talk about these vaccinations. Look, he – he I, Obviously, he has every right to not take the vaccination. And I'm going to say this. I mean, to me, it's absolutely ridiculous that Kyrie Irving is unable to play a game in New York or whatever. But last week, Bradley Beal, who's also unvaccinated with the Washington Wizards, was able to come and play a preseason game. He was able to play against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. What sense does that make? That's been, to me, one of the biggest problems with this whole process, this whole thing with COVID. I think we should have had more of a uh, uniform, uh, uniform decisions as far as mandates and things of that nature to fight this virus, I think. But yet, you know, again, I don't want, I don't really don't want to politicize this, this show that much. But I think Instead of the federal government taking more of the uh, more of the lead, the everything, everybody wants everything to just go to the individual states and then sometimes individual counties, individual cities, individual communities and all of that. And so I just think it's ridiculous for New York to sit there and require Kyrie Irving because he's an employee in the city of New York. It's it, to require him to be vaccinated, but you're going to allow someone from out of town to come in and he can play. That makes it, doesn't make any sense. And I think that, again, is one of the biggest problems of why we have not been able to get rid of this virus, just in my opinion. That's something we've got to shore up, man. We've got to do better about that. But now getting back to Kyrie again, this is, it's his right not to take this vaccine. If he does not want to, I mean, I, personally, I don't think the vaccine should be mandated necessarily, but I think if, if an employer makes that decision that they, you know, they make it as a mandate, then obviously you got to do what you got to do. Or you're going to have to find another job. Now, on the you know I, I, I think there should be a caveat in that as well i think people that you know maybe they're directed by their doctors or whatever not to take the vaccine if they work for a certain company that requires the vaccine then that should be there should be an exemption for something like that or you know something else maybe if someone's pregnant or whatever and they don't want to take it something like that to me should exempt someone from being mandated to take the vaccine. That's just my opinion. But in the case of Kyrie Irving, none of those are the. Are the <laughs> he has, he doesn't have to deal with any of that. I have no idea. I mean, and it just seems like a lot of misinformation with this whole thing. Again, he has the right to do whatever he wants to do. There's no question about. It. Just like. Bradley Beal, the same thing. Andrew Wiggins was the same way until he got vaccinated with the Golden State Warriors. Jonathan Isaac with the Orlando Magic. And there are a few others. I don't know exact the exact percentage right now. I think last I heard it was 95% or so uh, that the NBA was vaccinated. So anyway, I, I just... <laughs> I, I just really thing is a, it's a bad situation when you look at it you know it does no matter how you look at it this whole thing Kyrie trying to go for a championship and all of that Kevin Durant uh, they join each they join forces in Brooklyn and then they bring James Harden in and all of that goes down they add some really good pieces that I think will really help this team along and now you got this goal <laughs> Kind of crazy. But at any rate, either way you look at it, the Nets are going to be the favorite in the Atlantic division. Obviously, I have to pick them, in my opinion. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> uh, you know, they had the uh, best record last season, and obviously they would, you know, they won the Atlantic last year. We all know the Ben Simmons saga right now. Not sure how that's going to turn out. I'm really not. I, I, I just think, for, for me, Ben Simmons and, and uh, Joel Embiid are a bad mix. Man, that's just my opinion. I, I think there's a reason there have been a few games that you saw Joel Embiid be out in, in recent years and Ben Simmons showed out point-wise. I think there was a couple games he scored in the 40s. I think there's a reason for that. I just don't think they're a good fit together. I think the team that trades for Ben Simmons, while obviously it's going to be a huge risk, I think the the reward could be huge as well. I mean, this is still a dude that, to me, should have been the defensive player of the year last year. He can guard one through four for sure, and I think in some cases he can probably guard you the five man as well. And he still averaged 16 points a game. <laughs> while being the point guard, while being uh, not a good shooter, and and in a lot of cases, in some cases, scared to shoot the ball. He averaged 16 points a game. So, again, it's a special situation. It's going to take – I don't know what it's going to take to get him to the level where he could be or should be. But I, I think for a team like, I don't know, maybe Portland, someone like that, I think the risk would be well worth it because, you know, as good as Dame Lillard is, I'm, I'm just throwing Portland out there. I'm, you know, there are a lot of teams I think could benefit from Ben Simmons. But I'm just throwing Portland out there. For me, for my money, as good as Dame Lillard is, I don't want to get <laughs> – this might be an unpopular opinion as well. I don't want, want any of y'all to get this twisted when I say this. But Dame Lillard, to me, needs to leave Portland, and I just, I think Portland should want him to leave. <laughs> I I just just the way I feel about it. I just don't see it getting any better for that franchise. We've seen, I think we have seen the ceiling for that team with Dame Lillard. So, you know, again, I if if, if, if now don't get me wrong, it's great to see a guy play in one city for the duration of his career. Don't get me wrong. It's that is a fantastic thing, but in this case, Dame Lillard to me deserves to go out, try to find a team where he can go to get, he can win a ring because it's just not going to be Portland. They're never going to be able to get enough pieces around him, in my opinion, to uh, to really challenge for a ring. And I don't think Dame Lillard is ever going to be the type point guard, especially if he's still teamed up with. Uh, you know, with his running mate back there, uh, CJ McCollum, neither one of those guys are facilitators. I mean, they've they've just basically been two guys that score a lot and every now and then the other dudes out there score every now and then, basically. <laughs> uh I, I just think a move needs to be made in Portland to really kinda of start over. I really do. That's just my opinion. So Anyway, we'll see how all that stuff works out, man. Again, I think the Lakers in the Pacific division I think I don't think they're going to win it. I think they'll finish second or third in that division. I like the Phoenix Suns to win that division again. I think what we saw from the Suns is there's been a complete disrespect for that team. Obviously, that depends on Chris Paul and his health, and you know Devin Booker and those dudes, man. I really like that team. DeAndre Aiden is in big-time contract talk, so I'm not really sure how to ask him how that's going to play out. I obviously think he's going to end up resigning with them, but that's something to watch, I think. The Clippers, obviously they're not going to have Kawhi Leonard, but we saw what they did without Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. They have Reggie Jackson back. They've added Eric Bledsoe. I like that team, man. Paul George, Zubac in the, in the middle. I just really think the Clippers could win this division too. I, I I really like the Phoenix and Phoenix Suns and Clippers as possibly finishing both of them finishing ahead of the Lakers. All three will make the playoffs and all that good stuff. And of course, it doesn't matter. The Lakers will always be probably everyone's favorite to win it, but. And I think that probably is going to be the better scenario. The, the Lakers don't need to sit here and, and waste all that energy in the regular season. <laughs> I just don't think they should. So that's my picks for the Pacific. I think in the Northwest, the Utah Jazz, I mean, we, know, we all know that they had the best record out West and everything last year. Actually, the best overall record, but it's just something about that team in the playoffs. I think a big part of it is, is Gobert. As good as he is in the middle, he just is not versatile enough. He's you know, obviously one of the best shot blockers in the league, maybe the best, and all of that. But he's not going to give me anything offensively. Definitely not going to be able to pull a guy from from underneath the rim. He's going to clog up the lane. I think that hurts guys like Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion. Really good team, but I just again, they may win the division. I just don't see them going very far in the playoffs again. <laughs> That's, I mean, that is no accident what the Clippers did to them in the second round. I mean, really, you look at Memphis uh, played pretty well in a couple of games. Actually, won game one game won against them in the first round. So I, I just don't look for a whole lot out of Utah once we get to the playoffs. You look at a team like the Nuggets. Obviously, they're they're a team that could sit there and win this division. Uh, Murray, getting him back obviously is the top priority for them to go with uh, the Joker. Uh, Man, I mean, this team is deep as well, though. I mean, sit there and look at it. uh, You have to look at the Nuggets, to me, as being a team that could possibly challenge to get back to to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, they're obviously that good. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, We'll see how it works out, but you know they came up short last year against phoenix um they had a lot of injuries but i think you look at michael porter jr this is a guy they just paid him they paid him a lot of money i i don't have that figure in front of me i think it was a lot of money probably a lot more than he probably should get right now just because of his injury history and just a lot of other questions about him but you see the potential in him uh I mean, you look at guys like, uh, you know, they, uh, Monte Morris playing the uh, point guard position, Jamal Murray back there with him if he can get over his injuries. Will Barton is back. I like this team as well. And that's in addition, of course, to the Joker, Nikola Jokic. He's the reigning MVP, one of the best big men in the business. I like this team. I think. Ultimately, for me, this is the best team in the Northwest Division. And I think if they stay healthy, they probably can pass the Jazz. I like the Jazz as well, though. I think both of these teams are going to really fight it out. But, you know, who knows? They could go either way, the Jazz or the Nuggets. I'll go the Jazz, but for me, the better team is the Denver Nuggets here. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, So I've got the Nuggets. I'm sorry, I have the Jazz and the um I'll go with the Suns in the Pacific Division. In the Central Division. We'll go back east. Actually first I'll go to the Atlantic. I'm going go, obviously, obviously I'm gonna go with the Brooklyn Nets. I'll go with them over the Sixers. Uh you look at the team look at teams like the Raptors who are kinda in rebuilding mode now that they've gotten rid of Kyle Lowry and obviously um you know uh, uh Kawhi Leonard left there a couple seasons ago. So, really, Pascal Siakam uh, is the only guy that they really have left there. We'll see how that thing works out. At least they get to go back to Toronto and play their home games instead of playing them in Tampa Bay. That's a good thing. Um, And I think you look at uh, the Knicks, again, their team that made the playoffs, ended up getting beat by the Hawks in there in the first round. You got to like that team again as well. I think they'll be definitely pushing for the playoffs again. You got to like what they've done. So I think that that Atlantic division is going to be very competitive. I really do believe that. But I think the Nets find a way to get it done, and then I think the Sixers fall in line somewhere behind them with the Knicks right there as well. Uh, looking at the Central division for me, I think the uh, obviously the Milwaukee Bucks obviously you have to roll with them they did not lose a whole lot when you look at it again i don't like the fact that they lost pj tucker but that doesn't have anything to do with the regular season that's got to do with the playoffs that's got to do with if they match up with brooklyn again and and the worst part about it is is he ends up on a guy on a team that's going to contend with them in the miami heat and you know and, uh, and I, we're sitting there talking about a dude that averaged 2 points a game last year <laughs> but he's that important to a championship type team with all the little things that he does and Milwaukee lost that so but other than that you know they they pretty much were able to keep everything um intact so you know obviously they have to be the favorite in this division going to be very interesting to see what the Chicago Bulls are going to do with all of the additions that they made Lonzo Ball being the point guard there now to go with Zach Levine that is going to be beyond interesting to see how that goes it really is and then DeMar DeRozan to go along with them I don't I don't like that fit to be honest with you but we'll see how it rolls we'll see so you know so I'm going to go with the Bucks and the Nets To win both of those divisions along with the teams down here in the South. I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks slightly over the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. And then I'm going to go with the Heat over the Hawks. Let's get into a couple of awards as I close this thing out. My 2021 NBA preview for MVP. Uh, Let's start at some of the off-brand awards. Rookie of the Year. I, I'm seeing a lot of guys out there, but I'm going to go with Jalen Green, man. I think this dude has really the potential to uh, be a star down the road. You see the star potential just kind of just dripping off of this dude. He came into the draft with that, you know, I, I don't know what you call that suit that he had on. I made the joke on Twitter that he he dropped a big one at Phil's Fashion Box. <laughs> now, if you watch Sanford and Son, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a Sam from the Sun, Red Fox junkie like I am, you know exactly what Phil's fashion box is, okay? (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, I I think that Jalen Green definitely fits the bill, but another player I would watch is Evan Mobley in Cleveland. not really sure how that fit is going to go, but Evan Mobley is a guy that I kind of was looking at when won the Rockets to draft above Jalen Green. At one point. So I, I think Evan Mobley, man, I, I think either one of those guys has a really good shot at being uh, the MVP. Um, I'm sorry, Ricky of the year. Excuse me. Uh, and I think for my MVP, obviously the Joker won it last year. I'm going to go. I think it's a tough one, man. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. I I've gone back and forth on that Kevin Durant or Giannis Antetokounmpo. I just think Kevin Durant is there. We saw it last year when he almost led this team to the uh the Eastern Conference Finals basically by himself because of, you know, Kyrie Irving's absence and uh the situation with James Harden and his hamstring. We saw almost saw him lead that team to the Eastern Conference Finals last year and I just we also saw what he did in the Olympics. This dude has become the leader that I think a lot of people wanted to see a long time ago. Yeah, so Kevin Durant, to me, has really become that leader and has become much more a complete player, not just a scorer and all of that. And uh, I think he's going to win the MVP. Defensive player of the year. I would, If things were different, I'd go back with Ben Simmons. But since we just don't know what the uh, status of that, he, if him going forward here this season, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Giannis on this one. I think Giannis has been close a couple. You know, he's won it before and everything. I think he'll get it back this season. Obviously, the Bucks trying to repeat as champions. I don't know if they're gonna do that or not, but I like um, Giannis as far as. You know, getting in there, man, and uh, really being a, the, the defender that can get out and do everything a big man does, man, being able to protect the rim and as well go to get out and defend on the perimeter and all of that. So I want to go with Giannis as my defensive player of the year. So anyway, at that, I think that, uh, yeah, we I think that we are ready for – A really good season of NBA basketball, man. I cannot wait. Again, I did not touch on everything that I wanted to touch on, but obviously with my weekly show right here, Ball About the South, we're going to talk, obviously, we're going to focus on the teams down here in this area, but we're going to talk, you know, all the major topics in the NBA when they come up, and uh, hopefully you'll be here, and uh, we'll, we'll chop it up together. At any rate, my name is Kerry Wood, at Sea Wood on Sports on Twitter and IG. This has been Ball About the South 2021 NBA Preview. Again, join me again later this week as we talk some more football. We get back into the football ranks, man, talking about um, huge a you know, couple of upsets in college football, a lot going on, a major coaching change going on in the SEC. We'll get into that. We're getting some baseball with the Braves possibly headed to the World Series. Could they be? Could they get over that hump over against the Los Angeles Dodgers? We'll talk about that on the next episode of Ball About the South. We'll I look to join you at that time. Until then, peace out. I'll holler at you next time.